Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back, Chooms, to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl, Genesis, and with me, as always, is Toasty. Hello. (laughs) Always the almost awkward level pause there. Love it. (laughs) I have one shtick. It's being awkward. You have more than one shtick. I had a lot of fun talking about River last week, and I put out the question, what are the Phantom Liberty or the I really want to stay in your house updates to River? He actually got a massive update to his romance. I am so happy about this because you and I talked about how there's a complete lack of content for him in regards to that. So I went and I did my research. It's pretty shallow. That river was shallow. Now, I don't know if I fully agree with this because, again, it's in that whole phase of moving way too fast. The current is way too fast on this river. He moves into your apartment. He asks you, you know, hey, you know, I want to get out and let Joss spend time with her kids after all of this and just really want to get out of the trailer park for a while. Can I come and stay at your house? And now you get to pick which apartment he moves into. And then he sleeps there. He interacts with all your shit there. And then you come home to river every night. See, the thing is, is what I would do is I'd have him move into it. And then I would just never go to that apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. you can have my shitty Watson apartment. I'll just go chill out at the Glen with with Judy. I mean, I guess. Um, it begs the question: Can you, if he moves in, are you, if you choose to romance both of them, because they, you kind of can, can you like invite Judy to the apartment? <laughs> like, how does that work? Okay, now that is something for science that I am going to have to play out and see what happens. Um, yeah. I don't know. Because that would just be awkward. I mean, to be fair, though, why, like, you know, again, River's going to stay at my Watson apartment, and I can't bring myself to invite Judy to any other apartment except for the Glen one, just for the pool table interaction. Hmm. The... But I wonder if that just means that River won't be home. Because you know how when you go to your Watson apartment, Johnny instantly pops up? If you're Mm -hmm. on the date and you go there, Johnny does not pop up at all. Yeah, he probably wouldn't be there then. Yeah. 
It is really That's cute. Guess, but, hmm. It is really cute though with River, each interaction, you can just kiss him like right out the gate. Like you don't have to have like the sit down conversation part with him first. Um, from him being a live-in boyfriend now, you just walk up and give him a kiss. Just really cute and sweet. I like that. Fair enough. All right. So the week before we talked about parts of the Badlands. Then last week we talked about a river that runs through the Badlands. So how about we wrap up the rest of the Badlands conversation this week? I guess we can do that. All right. Well, I guess we're going to start off with an area of the Badlands that you don't typically associate with the Badlands, uh, which is the Northern Oil Fields, which is actually the northern part of Night City. Like, like way above Watson. Oh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. I guess you don't typically, you don't typically think of it, but then again, Night City is sandwiched between two different states. Uh, so, um, but we do have the database entry for the Northern Oil Fields located to the north of Night City for all intents and purposes. The oil fields should be part of the Badlands. Desolate, barren, and thoroughly uninhabitable for decades. The oil-soaked land is as dead as can be, and nothing is likely to change that. The decrepit barracks and rusting skeletal remains of oil drills leave a ghostly impression, especially at night when they're lit up by the flames of oil puddles. Would that be pretty? Might be kind of pretty. Oil on fire. Yeah, but it, the 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 smog and everything in the air is pretty rough. That's true. Now, as for the history, the economy of Night City never relied on oil, but the fields in the north contributed to its origins. In the 1990s, Del Coronado Bay was identified as a place to build the city by Richard Knight because of Petrochem. While Night City was being constructed, the company profitably extracted the oil. Please see previous Night City to learn more about Richard Knight and everything he did. Yep. Johnny Silverhand's lifeless body was said to have been tossed and buried here in 2023. At some point after Night City's reconstruction, after the 2023 incident, the oil fields became a joint project of Petrochem and Night Corp. And even after almost a century later, the smoke-filled and highly toxic oil fields are often seen as an irreparable scar which simply disfigures the face of Night City, a silent but telling reminder of the metropolis's shady beginnings. That's a sentence, man. Yeah. It's evocative as fuck, bruh. Right? (laughs) I... Because I already kind of like it. It's it's weird. Is mostly is thanks to, and this is helping, but it's thanks to like the like overgrown, like abandoned parking garage that you enter Dogtown through the mm-hmm. first time. That has like inspired me to kind of like do a D and D game, but like a post post apocalyptic style thing. Where, like, the world has rebuilt over the remains of, like, civilizations. 
And so like having pockets of like stuff like this or, you know, the abandoned parking garage or just things like that. Yeah. A lot of overgrown. I really like over like whenever they do overgrown shit in 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 media. It's so good. When but nature this, nature is starting to reclaim her territory. Yeah. Yeah. But this this just fills me with like so many like visions and ideas of things because of the descriptions. Super cool. <laughs> An irreparable scar which simply disfigures the face of Night City. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there are, uh, there is a sub location, uh, here that is highway one Oh one, which is kind of a big deal. Yeah. The one Oh one starting somewhere in Northern California, highway one Oh one stretches along the Pacific coast, uh, South until it reaches night city. This portion is known as the one Oh one North and eventually merges with industrial street in Watson. After reaching the end of Grant Avenue in Westbrook, Highway 101 reappears in Santo Domingo, which traverses to the southwest. Once in the Badlands, the following portion of the 101 is known as the New Pacific Highway. Keeping the same direction, the highway bisects the southern desert until reaching the border crossing with South California, where it continues into Los Padres County. Now... IRL, the 101 starts up in Washington and travels all the way along the West Coast into SoCal. So it goes the whole damn route. It's really, really gorgeous to drive. I imagine it's the case in Cyberpunk, too. It's just, this is as far as we go north, so we don't get to follow that path. That's true. I don't see why it's not still around. How much you see is another thing entirely, but... (laughs) Probably no not as well, uh, and probably not upkept as well. I could see that. <laughs> oh yeah, pop- we've seen the roads; they're not good. <laughs> uh, now, and some other things along this route that we get to see in the game are, of course, the border crossing, as mentioned, uh, the fuel station, uh, which is just a vendor location, uh, and Las Palapas Motel. Now into the southern desert. Contrary to what its name might suggest, this region of the Badlands is where a large portion of Night City's food requirements are produced. The region is an agricultural powerhouse and the capital of the greenhouse complexes. Managed by corporations, notably Biotechnica, they have developed a vast and highly automated food industry. A large part of the desert is covered by solar panels that stretch for miles and strive to meet Night City's ever-growing energy needs. The 101 cuts the region in half, leading drivers to either the metropolis in the north or the border checkpoint with Southern California in the south. Border wall extends across the whole region, separating Night City's southern desert and the SoCal County of Los Padres. A couple other notable locations are the Biotechnica Flats, Jackson Plains, and Rattlesnake Creek. And then, of course, the Border Wall and Highway 101 that we already talked about. Yeah, we'll go more into the Border Wall later when talking about Los Padres County. So, um, But we'll talk about the Biotechnica Flats, which, if you've played it and gone out to the Badlands, I guarantee you've seen it, is kind of a huge area. And then we also have the database entry for the the flats. 
not every night citizen knows, and few probably even think about it at all, but most of the stuff they call meat actually comes from protein farms. No matter if it's beef ramen at the market in Kabuki or some shish kebab in Westbrook or a burger in Haywood, they all start on the farm. Most meat products are derived from mass-farmed worms, which are ground into a meat-like substance known as SCOP. Although the SCOP acronym originally stood for single-celled organic protein, it has evolved into an umbrella term for many synthetic meat and meat-adjacent products. This SCOP-based product is then shipped off to be pumped full of dyes and flavorings for a variety of products on the market. After all, it takes a little work to beef up those bugs. There's so much that I'm not okay with in that paragraph. Oh yeah, what's up? <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Um, maybe it's just the whole thing. Don't ask where your food comes from. Just trust mm-hmm. it and eat it. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't think anybody. I didn't know that they were worms before this. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. That's I don't fun. think my V's gonna eat food anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you be going vegan. V's going vegan. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> now moving on, the flats is made up of Biotechnica's protein farms. The area is so big, extending all the way across the southern desert until the border wall. And that is considered a region within the Badlands. The Pacific Ocean lies to the west, while the Pacifica District to the northwest. The 101 takes its eastern border along the Jackson Plains. I'm like trying to picture it in my map, in my head on the map where exactly we're at, but now I can see it. Yeah, I think it's because it's the. I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to orient because we know that the flats are all like where all of the, the areas and the greenhouses are at, or like the bottom left of the map right mm-hmm. yeah so just that giant chunk uh now some other uh notable locations in that area uh we have within the compound an unnamed village and jason wild driver's home will driver's home uh and outside the compound we have the abandoned parking lot the border crossing highway 101 south the fuel station and the Las palapas motel now I need to know, is this Will Drivers or is this Wild Rivers? Or Will Drivers. Who is this man? I'm trying to remember if I've been there. <laughs> Jason Wild Driver is a nomad of the Aldecaldos clan who found himself going off-route upon discovering that the man he was assigned to drive had a Militech bounty on his head. Employed by Dakota Smith, Wild Driver... Or Will Driver, Wild Driver, I'll say Will Driver, why not? Was expected to do a simple job of chauffeuring Benedict McAdams. Instead of getting out of town, Will Driver drove his passenger to a shack on Clemens Street in the southern region of the Biotechnica Flats, where he would be locked in a cellar up until Dakota sent a second Merc V to the rescue. McAdams had been provided with food and drink while not being tied up or otherwise restrained. The height of the bounty or his tough behavior in particular made him seem admirable to the point of prompting some sort of respect within Wildrefer, so much as to start copying some of his signature gestures. Uh, once it was time to call in the bounty, Wildrefer encountered a bit of a hitch. Whomever 
behaved as an intermediary between him and Militech did not deliver as the contract publishers refused to pay ransom for McAdams. So, so I mean, obviously we did a, it. I'm looking at a picture here. See if I can. I don't recognize the face. There's also a picture of the area, which I don't recognize much of either. So I can't. Yeah. To the t- on the top of my head, I cannot think of this quest. It is gig. Gig MIA. Okay. So it is one given to you by, uh, by Dakota, obviously. Um, and yeah, that is pretty much the premise of what I just said. So, hmm. yeah. All right. Good to know. Cause that was a name I did not recognize. Yeah. Um, as for the other, and I will point this out because some, a lot of these ones that we're talking about are like the beefier, <laughs> Uh, sections of the overall uh, large portions of the Badlands. Of course, we talked about it the last time we talked about the Badlands, but there's the Eastern Badlands, and the big chunks are the Northern Oil Fields, the Southern Desert, and Laguna Bend, as well as Los Padres County, but all of these places have little subsections. Biotechnica Flats was the big one for the Southern Desert, while Jackson Plains and Rattlesnake Creek not really a whole lot there other than just like arid desert stuff. And we've already talked about 101 and we'll talk about the border wall in a bit. Yeah. The Jackson Plains, all that we really have on that is that it is a large deserted area in the Southern Desert, mostly used by the solar power plant. And it is also an abandoned regional airport. Um, it has the auto works, the regional airport, the solar power station, and the Tango Tours Motel. And a broken NCPD marker that I would travel to every time I loaded the game and wasn't fixed until 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if you, again, you've definitely gone through this. If you've done any of Pan Am's quests, because it requires you to go through here, the, the, the airport people are probably pretty familiar with mm-hmm. at this point. So and now we do have a bit about the solar power station though. Um, with a significant history rooted in the game. (laughs) So uh, the power station consists of one large tower in the center that functions as the collection unit. While around it, there are three large antennas with additional antennas strung out alongside a road running southwest towards the South California border and a few on the hills to the east near Laguna Bend. Each antenna collects microwave energy from satellites in orbit around the Earth, which is then converted into enough electricity to power a large amount of the sub-districts of Night City. That's fucking cool. It is. With that much desert space and nothing to really do with it, solar power is the way to go. It's California. It's always sunny. Yeah, but I have to imagine that the upkeep on that probably sucks considering like uh the fucking haboobs i'm sure the haboobs are hell on those solar panels while true that's why they have droids or drones and everything all you need is somebody just to wipe them off or blow away all the extra dust well i think over time actually um the enough like exposure to it um because of like uh the high velocity of like the sands, uh, it actually can chip and or like degrade 
the the material of the solar panel, so you'd actually have to repair them after a time. Hmm, that is yep. valid. Uh, Pacific Northwest, not ideal for solar energy. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't think. I'm trying to think if there's any because obviously I'm in Texas. I'm trying to think if there's any large solar farms, and I can't think of any. I know. Like scattered throughout Texas, there are like many, many areas devoted to wind farms mm-hmm. um, because Texas is a very windy place. <laughs> uh, we have them up here too. We definitely have wind farms, and then we have the Bonneville Dam, so we get a lot of water power. Also, yeah, there's some dams around here, but they're not. None of them are like significantly large for us. So, one's very big. Um, all right, but back to Night City. Now, in 2077, Pan Am Palmer NV, in search of a method on how to down a Kang, Ta- Kang Tao AV in order to capture Anders Hellman, devised a plan to overload the power station's receiver core to generate an EMP to bring down all of the AV's systems and make it crash land somewhere in the surrounding Jackson Plains. While their plan to generate an EMP was a success, it proved insufficient to bring down the AV on its own. And yes, I know, you're wondering. Why'd Why'd you tell us that? We already know that. You do. But I learned this today, is I didn't realize this. I'm sure you can hear this through, like, the radio or something, or maybe, like, the starting point of the game, but I've never... I just I just never absorbed this information if I did. But in the aftermath of the EMP, uh, the majority of Night City experienced a blackout costing roughly 120 million euro dollars in damages. Many of the nearby residents suffered critical implant failures, but human casualties were held at a minimum. But it's still like, I didn't think about that. Like, it's like, yeah, you released a fucking EMP on like the largest power source night city has of course you're gonna result in a giant fucking blackout (laughs) are we we domestic terrorists i mean you didn't like it's not to the level of domestic terrorism that johnny performs but yeah (laughs) oh no (laughs) we're not dropping a nuke in the middle of night city at least you know, but we dropped an EMP on the biggest power source. It's pretty damn bad. Look, they were able to fix it, and the human casualties were um, were at a minimum. You know, it's not too bad. Okay. But I do love that. Like, I guess we just fully, we so sinned it with Pan Am that I don't, yeah, I don't think we realize the, like the level of atrocities that we're committing here like that's because you you see it you see it up from like the ridge as you're like waiting for it to happen that's big fucking antenna yeah <laughs> uh, yeah uh whoops all right a uh, uh, fun little fact do you know what anders hellman and adam smasher have in common don't tell me i feel like i can get this yeah no i don't know it's not coming to me. Voiced by the same dude. Yeah. Anders Hellman and Adam Smasher are voiced by the same dude. I mean, I guess it makes sense because there's definitely like vocal effects on 
on on on him whenever he does out of Smash's voice. Yeah, but it is weird because it's no one leaves the or I can't even do a voice on that. I tried. It's hard to because it's so much grit. Like it's all the same. No, I can't do it. I was trying. <laughs> to, can I, it's hard to do. It's hard it to is. get that deep in it. Um, but like, isn't Anders? Isn't he like German? Mm-hmm. That's so wild. Yeah. Craziness. What the fuck? All right then. Also, I... what do they put in those eight those AVs of the fucking EMP that wiped out the all the power in Night City wasn't enough to take down their flying vehicle? Right. Hmm. Maybe. I I don't know. I have no hmm. idea. I bet I bet it was really upsetting for Kang Tao though to be like impeded so heavily by their own place because they own this portion. The solar tower is run by Kang Tao. Oh, that would suck. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, I think we should take a quick little mid break here, listen to some sponsors of the show, thank our patrons, and read out some new reviews. Welcome to the middle of the show where we talk about the show and not the lore of cyberpunk. We don't have any new patrons to read out this week, but we thank all of you fam. You guys are amazing. We do have two new reviews to read out this week. One of them coming all the way from Great Britain by Chloe2587 via Apple Podcast. The best cyberpunk podcast 10 out of 10, five stars. Where to start? This podcast is well-researched, well-presented, and thoroughly entertaining. The hosts clearly love the game and have invested a lot of time playing and dissecting all of the choices. They are funny, insightful, and are rapidly becoming my favorite podcast hosts. If you've played Cyberpunk, this is a must. If you haven't, give it a go anyways, and you'll be off to get a copy in no time. Thank you, Chooms. And thank you. Thank you, Chloe, very, very much. Uh, We also have another review from Alex Jackson Shirley. uh, Via Apple from the U.S. uh, That we got on Valentine's Day. Thanks. Uh, Wonderful for new cyberpunk fans. Five stars. Loving it so far. Short and sweet to the point. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Alex, (laughs) for that review. Yes. Uh, Thanks for giving us love on the love day. That's amazing. (laughs) Now, if you play the cyberpunk TTRPG, your DM owes you 10 IP per J. Gray. We don't make the rules, but he literally does. So go cash him in. I, I don't think that I have anything to add to the middle of the show today. What about you? Like usual? No. All right. Let's get back into it. Now we get to talk about my favorite area of the Badlands. Jin, could you guess what that is? I know you're looking at the outline and you can definitely see it. And I've read over this outline prior to me asking you this question. So, you know, but. 
I don't think there's a listener out there who has listened to more than two episodes of this podcast who doesn't know what we're about to talk about. You're damn skippy. Uh, <laughs> oh, next up, we have Laguna Bend. Uh, so if you played Judy's or what's the name of it? Pyramid Song or like Final Quest, uh, you definitely are familiar. Uh, but this place has quite a bit to it, which is pretty cool. But we do have a database entry, um, which are always fun to read. I do like how I, I will like, I don't know if we've I've probably said it before, but I, I love how like how much fun and like flavor are in these database entries. Like it's got the same energy as like Baldur's Gate three dev patch notes, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know. <laughs> Um, but anyways, Laguna Bend's evolution has taken taken it from a quaint, sleepy town to a suburb of Night City to a reservoir. Why? Because NC Damn LED <laughs> decided it wanted to build surprise a dam and flooded Laguna Bend and its surroundings before the town's residents could mount any meanif- meaningful opposition to it. Water rushed into homes that some people only managed to evacuate on the day of. Given what the rest of the Badlands looked like, Laguna Bend is a welcome sight from the outside. Still, it's worth bearing in mind that the water is highly toxic and will most likely remain so for the foreseeable future. I mean, I love even like the formatting of this thing. It's got the word surprise in parentheses with an exclamation point. It's like, (laughs) it's so good. It's very fun. Oh, a little bit of the history. In 2044, there was a school shooting in Laguna Bend's public school. Uh, That's not fun. That's not fun at all. But it is a study case that is taught in NC police academies now. I came into that sentence way too happy and then got sad. Hey, you know, it's unfortunately, I want to say cyberpunk is a dark reflection of our world. Um, Unfortunately, we've already met the cyberpunk equivalent there. Uh, So eh. it's also not good. My emotions there were along the same as Laguna Bend. It started off good and happy, and then boom. Nope, not anymore. Now, well, I'm sure, I'm sure, Jen, that it's only going to get better for Laguna Bend, right? Yeah, yeah, let's keep the optimism, sure. Now, around mid-2062, the rent prices in the township of Laguna Bend rose drastically to the surprise of its residents. Soon after, they were informed that their land, their houses stood on, had been bought out by the Night City Dam Limited, a corporation who planned to turn the region into a reservoir. During the following months, some of its residents relocated to temporary housing the company had built as compensation. However, those who ignored the municipal directives and stayed became victims of a corporate smear campaign, which identified them as agents of public unrest. People who were preventing necessary construction in order to secure access to clean water for all of Night City. 
As a result, public opinion quickly turned against the residents of Laguna Bin, and few paid attention to the change in police tactics and open violence against them. The townsfolk of Laguna Bend kept protesting, usually in front of the town's church building, but to no avail. In the meantime, the company had already declared all of their houses as construction areas and ordered their workers to begin work immediately to prevent further financial losses due to delays. All this while the residents were still living in their homes. Things began to escalate, which eventually led into a fatal accident. On July of 2062, Friday the 14th, one resident climbed a crane in order to stall construction. Its operator responded by throwing objects at him found in the crane's control room. The operator subsequently lost control of the suspended load, which collided into a home and killed a family who were still inside. This incident marked the turning point, which the townsfolk had already lost. Eventually, the residents left the town, and the few who still wanted to stay were forced out by the police. They even had to drag out a neighbor who was hell-bent on staying moments before the water reached his house. By the time the newly constructed dam was operational, the whole town was already submerged. In the aftermath, the multi-million euro-dollar structure turned Laguna Bend into a reservoir of two million Hecoliters, which is really, really big. That is approximately, which is approximately 52,834,410.47 gallons. It's a lot of water. That's a lot of water. Uh, oh, 52 million gallons. My God. And any memory of the struggle of its former residents was quickly forgotten. Unfortunately, the project didn't work out as planned because the water of the lake turned toxic for unknown reasons. Well, no shit, Sherlock, because you didn't let anything get fucking cleared out. What do you think is going to happen when you put, like, a fuel station underwater? Things are going to get toxic. The neighbor. The toxicity reasons for this lake have made gin a little toxic as well. <laughs> <laughs> the toxicity in our city. No, the neighbor who was hell bent on staying in his home decided to build a small cottage on the lake shore, as close to his former home as possible. Due to his proximity to the highly toxic water, he got sick and was forced to leave. Um, by 2077, the ruined town still remained underwater, almost completely undisturbed. Fortunately, the water was not as toxic as it was 15 years prior, and with good diving equipment, it is possible to safely dive in its depths. And of course, you can do this in the Pyramid Song questline. <clears throat> uh, it's fun, unless you hate being underwater. <laughs> Then it's not. It's it's true, but it is a very nice like change uh, from the typical. Like it, it diverts from the standard that is kind of set by by Night City and what you can do in it. Mm-hmm. Being able to just go underwater is a very different experience. Yeah, and I love going underwater. Uh, 
both in real life and in games. Uh, so, uh, as for locations, we have some surface locations, including the Laguna Bend Dam, the abandoned lake dwelling, and a poppy farm. Oh, which we talked about in Rivers uh, questline area. Mm-hmm. That's where you fight the wraiths if you don't go to the right place. Yep. Uh, under the flooded areas, we have Flo's Diner, Judy's grandparents' house, a gas station, a church, and the public school. Yeah, gas station. <laughs> like you mentioned. <laughs> yes. Oh, I don't uh, know why that got now, me so angry. <laughs> you did. You really did. Uh, now the Laguna Bend Dam, of course, has that uh, rich history, as we've discussed. Um, and the structure currently prevents Laguna Bend from emptying its water on the drained basin to the north. Unlike the Badlands Dam, personnel keep this one in pristine condition. A road goes above the structure itself all the way to a collapsed tunnel to the east. Oh, Flo's Diner. Prior to the creation of the reservoir that flooded the whole region, Flo's Diner was the best and only eatery in Laguna Bend. Its burgers used to be quite greasy and big. The diner sign fell off at some point while the restaurant was underwater. In 2077, V and Judy found its ruins while exploring the flooded town. Judy commented she really liked its burgers when she was a child, though now it'd probably be different for her. Yep. That's it for Laguna Bend. Um, Go play the Pyramid Song Quest. It's great. Uh, now for our final location of the Badlands, um, and a bit of a, a separation, uh, we have Los Padres County, uh, as a region of the, as part of the Noosa state of Southern California, located right on the border with Night City, because as we know, Night City is sandwiched between North and South California, and some of its locations include the border crossing, uh, the border wall, um, which for some reason the article on those are the same thing. Um, Dry Creek, which for anyone who's done like the uh, the Beast in Me Badlands or has just like gone around the Badlands, you know the particular part of the map that is like the little kind of small canyony area that you can drive through or whatever. It's got the walls up on the side and you kind of like drive through the different. I don't know if that is that ringing a bell. You're yeah, not, yeah. You're not signaling me, Jin. Sorry, you're just looking sorry. At me. <laughs> yes, no, I do know what you're talking about. That was me, kind of like going through and thinking of it, and then I was just kind of cruising down in my brain, and I didn't let you know that I knew what you were talking about. I'm sorry. But that is that is the Dry Creek area and Yucca, which is the town uh, that you go to at the beginning of the Nomad Life Path. Mm. Oh, with the. The, the dick bag sheriff. Yes. Um, Who for some like reason him. thinks he's such hot shit, even though he's the measly sheriff of this fucking shithole town. That right. exists in the middle of nowhere. Do I get to go back? I don't and kill him? Oh, no, we can't get back that, to that area, huh? We can. You can go to. Uh, it's weird. You can go through that area. I don't. Mm. It's like a weird thing because like. You go through the border crossing, which implies that it's on the other side, but I guess it's not. I don't know. It's confusing. But you can go to that town, which is 
weird. I don't know. Okay. I think maybe. Interesting. So let me double check. I may be wrong. I feel like I've driven through it, but it may just be a, a results of making places that are very similar to look at. So I don't know and if I can go back and kill him. A small town in Los Padres County in the Southern California Badlands is close to the border crossing Night City. It serves as the starting location for the Nomad Life Path. It doesn't say specifically that you can't come back here, and it normally does, but maybe not. I don't know. Let me check and let you know. All right, so let's start talking about the border crossing, the database entry here. The border between North and South California is marked by a thick, forbidding wall meant to prevent smuggling and illegal crossings. The checkpoint is guarded by the SoCal Border Patrol, which is backed by corporate forces. You'll need plenty of skill, cunning, and sometimes even a dash of luck to get through. Love that. Yep. Now, the border checkpoint can be found on Highway 101, which runs between the Noosa State of South California and Night City. It is part of the local section of the border wall, which extends from the coast all the way along the Biotechnica Flats to the mountains in the east of Rattlesnake Creek. Several Militech mechs and octants can be found patrolling the wall, and approaching it will trigger an AWACS zone warning or an airborne warning and control system. If the area is not cleared, any vehicle or person will be targeted by missiles as evidenced by the smoldering wrecks. The checkpoint is visited only during the Nomad Prologue. Afterwards, this area will be hostile and it won't be possible to cross it to the south. Oh, I think I have died here, actually. I yeah, would... you can. Like, if like, I think it's, it's a bit harder if you try to up the difficulty um, because you still only have a pistol and you're trying to fucking shoot their the fucking Arasaka cars. It's annoying. Yeah, no, uh, there is, I think I tried to go back and recross the border, like, even at mm. my endgame V, was just cruising, yeah. and I died. I died mm -hmm. a little bad. As for the history, the concrete border wall between North and Southern California was built after the Unification War by the Noosa. Even though Night City had gained its independence from the North, the Noosa still treated them as NorCal citizens. Thus, the border was extended through the Badlands south of the city. The border crossing on Highway 101 is used as a customs and immigration inspection checkpoint between SoCal and Night City. The facility and the rest of the border wall are guarded by the SoCal Border Patrol and Militech, who are hired by both Night City City Hall and South California. Night City City Hall. That's That feels wrong. Yeah. But it's not. It's what it is. That's correct. Stanley correct. So much information about the Badlands out there that I, I, again, like, I had no idea all this was out there. I mean, I knew some of it and little bits of it, but there's actually good, decent lore out here. Well, I mean, it's it's a it's an area that's been around for a while, so. Mm hmm. And I mean, it's got roots all into the time of the red. It's got history. Now, coming up 
next week, we have our patron chat. And then after that, where do you think we're headed? Do we have more information about the Badlands to talk about? Or... I'm sure we can find stuff to get real, like, super into every detail. But as far as an episode's worth of stuff, probably not. So I think it's probably time to travel up the road to Night City. Ooh. Travel up Highway 101. Go cruising on the 101. I like it. I like that idea a lot. So... Follow us. Make sure that you get all the updated information. Uh, make sure you are liking, subscribing, following, whatever it takes to get our podcast into your hands every week. You can also follow us along on Twitter at CyberpunkLore, patreon.com slash CyberpunkLoreCast. If you'd like to hear more from me, I'm on the Two Girls, One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And if you want more of me popping my back in the middle of Jin's plugs, uh, you can catch me uh, doing the Witcher Lore cast, um, as well as the Cyberpunk Red live play podcast, Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk Apostrophe D, that I do with the Fumbling for our Almighty Crit King. And at the end of every episode, we shout out Miracle of Sound and thank him for his music to be used in every episode. We use snips and clips from the Neon Red instrumental remix. So go give him a listen. And while you're out there... Stay safe in the Badlands. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shenko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.